Hi, and welcome to the first episode of our podcast series addressing workplace sexual harassment, Let's Talk Respect at Work. My name is Angela Weber, and I'm a partner in the employee relations and safety team at Kingwood Mollisons. And my name is Ruth Rosedale, and I'm also a partner in the employee relations and safety team at Kingwood Mollisons. So the purpose of this series is to delve into the issue of workplace sexual harassment, which has increased in prominence over the past few years as a really serious legal safety and social issue. This series will provide a snapshot of the key legal changes and implications for organisations and their boards that have come to the fore since the release of the Respect at Work report in March 2020. Thanks, Ange. That's absolutely right. I'm sure our listeners are all aware that Over the past few years, and particularly since the release of the Respect at Work report, that a spotlight has really been shone on the issue of workplace sexual harassment. And we've seen momentum for change, not only at a national level, but also on a global stage. Uh, People would be familiar with the rise of movements such as Me Too and Let Her Speak, as well as a number of high profile incidents in Australia that have really brought the issue into sharp focus and prompted uh, renewed calls for Australia to end sexual harassment in the workplace. Yeah, absolutely. And it was obviously against that backdrop that the Australian Human Rights Commission was tasked in 2018 with assessing the impact of sexual harassment and the adequacy of Australia's legal and regulatory uh, system in addressing the issue. The findings of that inquiry were published in March 2020 in the landmark Respect at Work report. Ruth, do you want to recap briefly for listeners on the key findings from the report? Sure, Ange. Happy to. I'm going to use um, Sex Discrimination Commissioner Kate Jenkins' words here in describing one of her key findings, and that was that workplace sexual harassment is prevalent and pervasive and occurs in every industry, in every location and at every level in Australian workplaces. And on the basis of that comment, um, there are 55 recommendations within the report which are focused on preventing and addressing sexual harassment in workplaces. Some of these are aimed at the existing legal and regulatory framework. Um, Others are more holistic, which are directed at creating change outside of the workplace. Yeah, it's certainly something that will be important for all organisations to understand and to really be taking proactive steps to address. The report also commented Um, that the existing legal and regulatory framework for addressing sexual harassment is complex, it's outdated, and it's in need of change. In particular, the report focused on the need for a shift in the way employers approach workplace sexual harassment. Ruth, can you tell us more about that? Look, the report acknowledged that there was a consistent theme emerging from the submissions and consultation that was occurring with victims and employers. And That theme was that the legislative scheme is really difficult to navigate, and in particular, the overlapping jurisdictions uh, in the anti-discrimination laws uh, and the Fair Work Act um, compounded that. So can you talk us through what the federal government response has been to those issues um, in the report? Very happy to, Ange. Look, the report acknowledged that a consistent theme that was emerging from the submissions and the consultations that were occurring with both victims and employers was that the legislative scheme was difficult to navigate, um, and in particular, the overlapping jurisdictions in the anti-discrimination laws uh, and the Fair Work Act compounded that. So I wonder if you can talk us through what the federal government response has been to the report on those issues. Absolutely. And I think we can look at this sort of in the two stages that it's occurred. Um, What followed from the report in late 2021 was a rollout by the coalition government of amendments to various pieces of legislation. And 
the Amendment Act was designed to address the inadequacies highlighted by the report. Um, what it did do, though, was only implement six of the 55 recommendations of the report. Um, some of those key changes included uh, clarifying that sexual harassment can be a valid reason for dismissal under the Fair Work Act, uh, aligning the definition of sexual harassment across the Fair Work Act and the Sex Discrimination Act, updating the Fair Work Act definition of serious misconduct to expressly include sexual harassment. And there was also the introduction of a new jurisdiction that gives the Fair Work Commission the power to make orders to stop sexual harassment. And that jurisdiction works in a similar manner to the stop bullying jurisdiction that um, our listeners would be familiar with. It, the second part of um, these changes has been since June this year, um, when the Labor government sought to differentiate itself from the coalition by promising to implement fully all of the 55 recommendations. And we're seeing steps being taken um, in this direction. Last month, um, the Albanese government introduced a bill to introduce a further seven of the recommendations. Would you mind taking us through a couple of the most notable ones that the Albanese government is moving ahead with? I think the most notable reform really is the introduction of positive duty on employers and PCBUs to take reasonable and proportionate measures to eliminate sexual and sex-based harassment, hostile work environments and victimisation as far as practicable. So what this means in a practical sense is that employers and PCBUs will be required to proactively prevent this conduct in their workplaces in order to comply with the requirements in the Sex Discrimination Act. Uh, this duty is intended to align with the existing vicarious liability provisions under the Sex Discrimination Act, and it's going to operate concurrently with existing work health and safety obligations. So really, from my perspective, the new positive duty is intended to complement the recent changes to the model health and safety laws, which also require that employers and PCBUs ensure as far as reasonably practicable the physical and psychological health and safety of, of its workers. It really is a significant uh, reform, isn't it? So for employers looking ahead to when this duty will commence, and in fact, all PCBUs, are there, are there current guidance on what will constitute a reasonable and proportionate measure? The bill in its current form is drafted to mirror the existing positive duty that's in the Victorian Equal Opportunity Act. I think reasonable and proportionate measures are going to vary depending on the particular circumstances. But what we know from the explanatory memorandum to the bill, that measures may include things like implementing policies and procedures, collecting and monitoring data, uh, providing appropriate support to workers, employees, and delivering training and education on a regular basis. And could you perhaps just take us through the other um, key changes? There are quite a, a number of them, and we probably don't have enough time today to address them all in detail, but I do think it's worthwhile calling out the new proposed enhanced powers of the Australian Human Rights Commission. So they're going to have the power to examine systemic unlawful discrimination, including sexual harassment, and they'll be able to do that where they're requested to do so by the minister or on the commission's own volition where it considers it appropriate to do so. Um, the commission's also going to have new powers to monitor and assess compliance with the positive duty. Um, another key change relates to a new express prohibition on creating or facilitating an environment which is intimidating or offensive on the basis of sex. So this concept of a hostile work environment, it, it's not new, but the changes are really intended to provide greater clar clarity and certainty um, in the law and to assist in setting clear boundaries in the workplace on what is acceptable conduct. Thanks, Ruth. So, I mean, they're really notable reforms, aren't they? And they demonstrate 
a clear shift in emphasis um, from the current approach to this issue from a complaints-based reactive model, um, which relies on employees to speak up, to one where organisations and PCBUs must continually assess and evaluate whether they are meeting the requirements of the duty. I, I agree, absolutely. It will be interesting to see how these proposed changes are implement, implemented in practice, particularly the positive duty. The federal government has now tasked the Respect at Work Council with consulting with employers and workers, unions and legal experts on the design and implementation of, of the new duty. Um, submissions have now closed um, to the council, so we're going to begin to see feedback very shortly uh, on the proposed changes. Thanks, Ruth, and, and thank you for listening today. Please tune back in for episode two, where we'll talk about the issue from a governance perspective. And of course, reach out to a member of the KWM Employee Relations and Safety Team for more information about how we can assist you.